couple weeks or so ago, it seems so long ago now, we talked about Proverbs 31, and the emphasis finally was on women. Book of Proverbs, uh, Solomon wrote most of it, of course, to young men growing up in the culture of government, business, uh, religion, and becoming leaders. Uh, thank God, all of that has been changed under Christ. Women have been elevated to their rightful place under Christ. So we're going to talk about, uh, along those same lines, but we're going to talk about women in ministry. And there's some interesting verses in the Bible. And so, men, you listen up, all right? Um, women, uh, we're, we'll be glad to send you these notes. If you request it, just shoot us an email, and we'll send you the notes. And that way, if anybody ever says anything, whether you're in active ministry and some of you are um, teaching, preaching, doing all kinds of ministry in this church and, and did before you got here, and um, hopefully you'll be here a long, long, long time, but wherever in life you go, God still wants to use you ladies. But tonight, and I hope um, I sprung it on them late, but... Um, Pastor Jonathan is um, hopefully, even though I sprung it on him late, hopefully he's been able to pull it up. But Rangers goes on on Wednesday night. How many of you have a son in Rangers? Anybody here? Got a son in Rangers? All right, there's quite a few of you that do. Um, how many of you have a daughter in girls' ministry? Can I see your hand? All right, all over the building. So up in the classrooms. There's a lot of great ministry taking place. Pastor Ben tonight was up in one of the ranger classes teaching them about tithing. That's part of the ranger requirement, merit badge, is to learn all about tithing. And what better person to go up and share than Pastor Ben, our CFO. Pastor Johnny was over in an extreme. Uh, they got a year-end push missions push, building or digging water wells. Um, so they're launching that tonight. And so a lot's going on even on the campus. But a couple weeks ago, a little longer, some parents in this church sent me a video and uh, asked me to watch it if I had time. Got around to watching it and I thought, this is really just neat. Um, and like I said, boy, I, I'm, I'm uh, playing it up here. I'm really hoping it's uh, going to work for us. But uh, it's one of our young kids in Rangers. He's only six, six years old. And uh, this is an excerpt of him preaching because he's still going home every Wednesday night after service doing a recap, I guess, on what he's learned uh, or whatever he wants to preach on and is preaching Wednesday night after service when it gets home. Correct? That's what you told me. And so, anyway, hopefully we'll be able to show just a clip of it. So, media guys, bless you. You have become champion. Yeah, so see? So Hold on, Jax. Jax, so it wasn't bad because the stranger turned out to be God. So Jacob wrestled with God. Remember in JBQ? 
and how it talks about how um, how Jacob's name changed to Israel because he wrestled with God. Okay, so it was a good thing. And he wasn't going to let go until he got blessed. So he kept holding on until the stranger blessed him. And not only did he bless him, but he changed his name from Jacob to Israel. You're right. He changed his name so to this... Jacob to Israel. He changed his name to Jacob to Israel. You're correct, Mommy. Okay. He correct his name to Jacob and Israel. Jacob and Israel are both. Actually, now Jacob's name has turned into Israel. Jacob's name has turned into Israel. Now, Jax, now you come know. here. Jax. How could you know? How is this known? Hallelujah, everybody. Hallelujah. Now, this is um, a good thing. Come here. Yes. With Jacob becoming Israel, okay? Okay. And one is not to ever give up, that we continue to continue to continue and never give up. And by him not giving up, he got blessed. We continue and continue and continue to not give up. Be, Jax, be persistent in what you need to do in the Lord. Okay? Be persistent. Work hard for God. That's right. We work hard. We work hard for God. We work hard. We work hard for God. 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 And now let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this little preaching rangers night. We bless everybody in this in this church and help us be safe and sound. Amen. Amen. So that was the story of Jacob. Um, parents, step up here just a minute. When I saw this, I'm like, oh, my Lord, have mercy. This kid going home every Wednesday night after church preaching, you're helping him, and he's really patient on you because he's like, hurry up, Mom, tell me, and get out of the way where I can go. Um, but, Dax, you guys were in our Easter um, service. You gave your testimony how many years ago? Two years ago. Three? Two. Two years ago. It's quite an incredible testimony, I remember. So touching. And you guys told me recently that you don't really bring them to church. They bring you. They've got a six-year-old, and they've got a four-year-old boy. Their son that's four-year-old, he's the worshiper. Maybe you've seen him around yeah, he's worshiping. He likes dancing and singing. He likes <laughs> dancing and singing. And, in the back. and uh, Mom, I commend you. I feel almost like King Saul when, when he saw David go out and kill the lion, or the, the lion, the uh, Goliath. Uh, he said, whose son? Is him, he. Whose son? Um, and that's commendable to you guys. And I'll tell you one other thing they told me, still in your thunder here, but didn't you say on Sunday they do church on Sunday? Uh, yes, yes, they do. Afternoon? Uh, yes, they do at home. 
at home. Not only Sundays, any day of any, the week. Any day of the week. They don't actually, they don't actually play together much, but when they do play together, they actually play in church. J uh, Jordan plays Pastor John, and Jax plays you. <laughs> 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 and one does the music and singing, and the other one does the worshiping. And they call each other? Pastor. They go, Pastor Jax is your turn. <laughs> Pastor Jordan is your turn. <laughs> God have mercy. Amen. God bless you guys. You can Thank take you. that back over to him. Let's give them a good hand. Uh, wow. Incredible. Let's pray. Father, I pray you touch these two sons, and I pray they change the world. God Almighty, Lord, I pray not only for them, but for all the sons, Lord, of the people of this church, wherever they are right now, I pray you raise them up. God, touch their hearts. God, melt them before you. Maybe even those that have turned away from you that are older, God, turn their hearts back to you. Lord, we lift up the young girls and the young women in this church. Thank you for them. God, use them greatly, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you so much for what you're doing in kids' ministry around here. We give you praise for it. Bless all those workers up there. In Jesus' name. All right. Preaching Rangers. All right. That's what he said. Dag said, uh, pre Jack, uh, Preaching Rangers. Wow. Okay. Well, let's see here. Okay. Women in ministry, Luke chapter 8, verses 1, 2, and 3. Luke chapter 8, 1, 2, and 3. Now, it came to pass afterward that he went through every city and village, preaching, bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. And the 12 were with him, the 12 disciples. They, the 12 were with him and certain women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, sickness of body, Mary called Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, out of whom had come seven demons, all right? She had been literally demon-possessed. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, some think that maybe she was even the one that brought the alabaster jar in of perfume, and poured it over the feet of Christ, uh, a noted immoral woman at that time. Um, and yet, here she is, um, the first mentioned woman that is following Christ, out of whom seven demons had been cast. Uh, I've wondered about this. I've wondered if the woman that Jesus caught, or not he caught, but the man caught in the very act of adultery, if that woman also, after he said, go and sin no more, her life was no doubt so changed forever, she could have been part of the ones uh, that were following Christ. And so Mary Magdalene, out of whom came seven demons, and Joanna, the wife of Shusa, uh, Herod Stewart. Now look at that, that's interesting. interesting. Herod Stewart the one that took care of King Herod's home, his house. His wife was out there traveling with Christ, the disciples, or at least administering to them. They may not, certainly, uh, I'm not implying they were with them all the time, but they were going out, they were helping, 
and assisting. And Susanna, so these three women were listed as helping Jesus and the disciples. And then it says, and many others. We're not told whether they were there at that particular time, but many others who provided for Jesus from their substance. Ladies, look at this. If it were not for women who were giving of their money and time, helping Jesus, doing what they could as he ministered among the people and uh, helping, I'm, we're not sure all that they did, but uh, these women provided funds so that these disciples, they could buy food. Uh, uh, and actually, yes, they bought food uh, just because Christ on two different occasions multiplied the loaves and fish. Didn't mean that normally uh, when he was in Samaria, the disciples went into town to buy food. So these women, thank God for the women. What would have happened uh, if these women had not been there? So in the very early Genesis of the beginning of Christ's ministry, they were there and helping. Mary Magdalene delivered uh, seven demons. All right. Joanna, the wife of Shusa, uh, Herod Stewart, most likely, yes, in charge of Herod's house. And uh, no doubt this man, even though he had this very important job, no doubt making pretty good money, he allowed uh, his wife, maybe he was a believer, no doubt, also, he allowed his wife to help out, be a part. Uh, both of them were touched. She apparently was one of the ones healed, as the scripture said. And then the Bible says, many other unnamed women helped Jesus. Uh, I want you to know that this church is all for women in ministry. It is all for women in ministry. Uh, there is nothing unscriptural about women preachers. How ridiculous. I know that's been a big debate over the years uh, in Christendom. But scripturally, uh, there is no question about women have always been involved in ministry. Where I grew up, four miles one way, was a little country church. Sister Limits was the pastor. For years and years and years, great preacher. I can remember some of her sermons right now that are coming to me. Her husband, he was all for her doing this. He had no problem with it. Uh, he sat on the back row. Uh, he was backslidden. He wasn't serving God. He'd get out and, uh, sometime during service, go out, take a smoke, come back in, sit down on the back row. But he supported his wife. She wasn't doing it, uh, saying, I'm going to do it regardless of what you say. No, he was all for her. The other way, that was in Grand Ridge, the other way, little town called Sneeds. Anybody know where Sneeds is? All right. A couple of people here know where Sneeds is. Uh, small little town, woman preacher there doing a great job. Now, uh, men and women are virtually equal in ultimate leadership potential. But they are not equal if they're married. They're not equal in that structure. It is Christ. It is the man. It is the woman. 
even though there is mutual submission, the uh, person that is the wife has to submit ultimately to the authority of the husband. I didn't come up with that. It was Christ that came up with it, but it is also mutual submission. A man is a fool if he makes decisions without ever checking with his wife, and all the men said amen. They're going to hear and see things, men, you and I are not. And uh, they are so many times, women are more sensitive to the things of the Spirit, or they can be, all right? Galatians chapter 3, verse 28. Excuse me. Galatians 3, 28. The Bible says there is neither Jew nor Greek. So the racial barriers have been broken down. Uh, There is neither slave nor free. So the slave barrier that was so predominant during that day was broken down. Philemon um, is all about a slave, the little book of Philemon. There is neither male nor female. The gender barrier is broken down because then the Bible says, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter five, verse 28. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Um, Men, and uh, boy, I miss this Sunday. Oh my goodness. You know, when you share a message and then afterwards you're thinking, oh, I should have said that. There's two things. One thing I wish I had said Sunday, I wish I had encouraged the men to speak, those of you that are married, to speak something good over your wife. Maybe tell her something like, oh, you really look nice, or oh, you look so beautiful. When's the last time? And uh, I shared some things Sunday about women need to encourage their husbands and, and say positive things about them lest they go to work and someone at work is there saying positive things about them. And then uh, I said something else I should not have said. I, I said that, ladies, if you're being hit on, at work to uh, by someone that all you need to do is turn around and say something like, looks like you gained a lot of weight or your boy, your hair is thinning out. You're not going bald, are you? And uh, that would just zap that, absolutely zap that problem in its roots. But then afterwards, I'm like, I should have said, bald is beautiful. Um, And you guys that are bald, I really feel this. You are absolutely, uh, Pastor Alex, he is a handsome, handsome man. You would agree. Uh, I'm embarrassing but him. But anyway, uh, I want you guys that are bald to know that because Sunday afternoon I got a text from a guy who says, Pastor, bald is not a plague. All right? So, <laughs> and so I had to repent and... Uh, get right with God Sunday afternoon after being chastised by someone who had the right to do so. All right, let's go to the two passages that people point to against women preachers or being involved in leadership in a church. So uh, 
Maybe you're, you're not going to grasp the whole thing. Uh, we'll send you the email notes, all right? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11. Let a woman learn in silence with all submission. And I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man, but to be in silence. And uh, this, there are some men in the Christian world that this verse makes them very excited. There are some husbands that are like, yep, see there, honey? See there? Look at that. Uh, you need to submit to me. You need to, you hadn't been doing that. And I just want to take them by the neck and squeeze them in Jesus' love, all right? <laughs> Teach or have authority over a man. The emphasis there is usurp authority. In other words, if you're married as a woman, you don't usurp yourself over your husband. Uh, and he says, honey, I don't think we should do it. It doesn't matter what you, what you think, we're doing this anyway. Usurping authority over them. Of course, that would be wrong in a marriage. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. We're going to get to the Greek words that is going to give you a better uh, eyes view of what really Paul is saying. In 1 Corinthians 14, verse 34, let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak. When you read that, you're like, what is Paul saying? But they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if they want to learn anything, let them ask their own husbands at home, for it is shameful for a woman or women to speak in church. Now, an examination, look at this closely, an examination of the verbs employed does argue for submission, of course. It, it argues for submission of men, for one with a quiet and restful spirit. Of course, uh, women are not to be uh, loud and boastful and, and uh, argumentative and contentious, of course not. But the word hegoshia, uh, uh, which occurs twice in 1 Timothy chapter 2, 11 and 12, simply does not mean silent in the absence of any voice of recognition, all right? In verse 2, now look closely at this. In verse 2 of the same passage, men are urged to lead a quiet and peaceable life. This is what is being said. Look in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. For kings and all who are in authority, all men, all women, that we may lead a quiet all men to lead a quiet life, all women to lead a quiet and peaceable life. We're not to be rubble rousers. We're not to be drama kings or queens, all right? And peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. The idea is clearly one of contented stillness of spirit, undisturbed by strife and discord in this spirit the woman is not to usurp authority, not to be domineering. If you're married here tonight, that means that um, you don't do things 
without your husband being in agreement with you. Um, if you were in a, and years ago, there was a, a business meeting, uh, many, many, many years ago, there was a business meeting, and it was already generally decided which direction the church was going. A wonderful woman stood up and basically said, I don't agree with this. I think we uh, need to put this off. And I thought to myself afterwards, oh my goodness, was her husband aware that she was about to say that? And of course, we uh, couldn't put it off because we were there to deal with the issue. And, and anyway, um, I didn't want her to get embarrassed, but at the same time, uh, she was out of order. Just like men can be out of order, if they stand up and embarrass the life out of their wife and say things that um, are not only embarrassing to the wife, but contrary to the spirit of gentleness and peacefulness. All right, if there's no, well, let's go uh, to uh, the idea. Where, oh, let's see, where am I at? All right, here I am. The idea is clearly one of contented stillness of spirit, undisturbed by strife and discord. In this spirit, a woman is not to usurp authority, but at the same time, uh, men are not to usurp authority. God, at this point, has placed me as senior pastor, lead pastor of this church. If someone tries to usurp authority, a man, that's totally out of order. And uh, of course, they come to me and I, that's not, doesn't mean I'm not, uh, that doesn't mean I'm perfect always, but they come and make an appeal. They do it with the right spirit, and so it is with a man as it is with a woman. Now, in the Corinthian passage, the same concept is being conveyed. A different verb is used here for be silent. Now, look at it. I've got it highlighted. The idea is one of quietness, of tongue control, and all of us need more tongue control, right? We need more control. Trump, uh, uh, being an umpire, the Holy Spirit is to be an umpire over the words of our mouth. How many of you have ever started to say something, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit said, don't say that, and yet you said it anyway? Of course, we've done that. We've all done that. And then many times, we have regretted it greatly after we did it. All right, let me give you a verse out of 1 Peter. I don't have this on the notes. Let me, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3, it's talking to godly women. It says, do not let your adornment be merely outward, uh, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but he's saying the emphasis, rather let it be the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. So this is not only for women, it is for men to have a, a gentle spirit. Okay, let's get into the next verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 28 and 30, where it says for men to keep silent, all right? 
But if there is no interpreter, Paul is giving the instructions for an utterance in tongues or what we call a message in tongues. And he says, if there is no interpreter, let him keep silent in church. Same verb. Let the man keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to God. Does that mean when Paul writes that, that he expects that man to always be silent in church and never say anything after that? Of course not. Then let me read on, verse 30. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. Same verse used where many people use it and say, look there, women should be silent in the church. All right? And then we go to verse 34 and verse 35, same chapter, 1 Corinthians 14. Let your women keep silent in the churches, for they are not permitted to speak, for they are to be submissive, as the law also says. And if, here it is talking not about women in general, it's talking about wives. If they want to learn something, let them ask their own husbands at home. For it is shameful for women to speak out in church or to disrupt a service over asking her husband questions. He says, wait till you're home, then ask the question there. Be silent in the church. Don't disrupt the service with your desire to hear from your husband talking out. Just like it says, uh, not to disrupt the service with uh, the utterance of tongues at the wrong time in 1 Corinthians 14. All right, the prerequisites for women in ministry. Number one, silence. But it doesn't mean silence of never saying anything, never singing. It is a peaceful, self-controlled spirit that results in restful and controlled by the spirit speech. Interestingly, silence is also required of men in the same chapter. The same word for silence is used as we gave it to you earlier in the verses that say, let the man keep silent. Submission, whether man or woman, a proper relationship with those in authority is essential to ministry. Number three, a woman, like a man, is to be a student. A woman who is seeking instruction in inappropriate times, places, attitudes are not ready for public ministry. Neither are their male counterparts, all right? Uh, I have had over the years, and I've been here a long time, I've had over the years men that wanted to work in this church, do something, and we allowed them to do it, and then when we stepped up to say, hey, we, we want to ask you not to do that in that particular way. Well, God's got his hand on me. I, uh, this is what I feel like God is saying to me. Well, you may feel that way, but as uh, the spiritual leadership of this church, here's what we're asking. And there have been times that people have said, okay, that's no problem, I'll do it. I may not agree with it, but I'll do it. And that's fine. But then there have been times that uh, more men than women 
have said over the years, uh, you know, I listen to God, not man. What kind of spiritual nutcase is that? Now, I shouldn't have said that. God, forgive me. But um, at the time, I thought it, and I meant it, all right? But uh, I would never say something like that. Just like when a young man came to me years ago out of my youth group. He married a girl who was a Baptist girl, and he says, uh, Carl, I'm going to go to First Baptist. And he said, but when I get there, I'm going to tell them about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to encourage them, those that I meet, that this is real, and they can receive it also. And you know what I told him? I said, oh, no, you're not. And he looked at me like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, you're not going to do that. You, as a born-again Christian that's spirit-filled, if you decide to go to his church, and I knew the pastor, he's a great guy. I said, if you go, you are not going to usurp authority. Here is what he teaches here is what he teaches his people, and if he doesn't, if he's not there yet, and he doesn't believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're not going to come in the back door and undermine his ministry. Now, if somebody comes to him and says, listen, I, I just, I'm reading scripture, and I'm feeling like this is real, and you know, what do you think, and you share your testimony, okay. Share the testimony, but he needs to do it in a way that, look, uh, this is scriptural. I know what your pastor believes, but I'm willing to share, but I don't want to do anything to undermine that pastor. So anyway, same difference, men or women. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 34 says, let them ask their husbands. All women don't have husbands, okay? So Paul is talking about wives only in that particular case, all right? Just like uh, uh, the lady that helped, that was married to the steward of Herod, uh, he, she no doubt had his blessing. Certainly, she wouldn't be giving their money away if she didn't have her husband's blessing. Well, let's use her for a moment because there she is helping Jesus and giving money to the disciples and Jesus for ministry to provide for their needs, what if Shusa said, I don't want you giving them any more money. Don't you do that. That's our money. I make that money. Don't you give it. And if she said, I don't care what you think. I know, I believe he's the Messiah and I'm going to do it what I want to do. Then she would have been in the wrong, of course. But that's why I know that she had his blessing to do that. Now, that's for married couples. If you're single, you can give all the money you'll want to away to wherever, but be led by the Spirit, all right? Okay, the women in that day, unfortunately, had no or little education. Paul advised the wives to ask their husband because, unfortunately, men were the ones that were educated. Thank God Today, women are excelling in theology and education and the Bible, and they are after the Word of God. And uh, men, let's don't let them get too far out in front of us, all right? Let's make sure that as men of this church that uh, we stay up with them, all right? Because women are on the march. And in these last days, 
God is going to use women in an incredible way. He already is. And so it's going to be even greater. Acts chapter 21, verse 9 says, Now this man had four virgin daughters who prophesied. Then in Acts chapter 18, verse 26, Aquila and Priscilla, a couple that were born again, they were teaching and preaching the word of God, both of them. And look what it says in verse 26, Acts 18. So he began to speak boldly in the synagogue, Apollos. Apollos was a preacher also. So Apollos didn't fully understand. He had not been totally brought up to date on Christ and all about uh, salvation. And so he was preaching, though, what he knew. When Aquila and Priscilla, his wife, heard him, heard Apollos, they, not just him, they took him aside and explained to Apollos the way of God. Both of them did more accurately. Aquila and Priscilla, a couple, preaching, teaching, instructing, working together for the cause of Christ. And so, whether you're married, whether you're single, God has called all of us to work for the cause of Christ, to do so with the right spirit. There is no such thing. Paul was not saying, women, keep silent in the church. If that were uh, absolute, you wouldn't even have been able to sing tonight how tragic that would have been, and it is not scriptural, and uh, so I hope you better understand, and if anybody ever says, Marilyn Hickey came to our church years ago, I had her come, and she had been here once before with the former pastor, but I had her come back, great preacher, had upwards to a million people in her last crusade in Pakistan, and she was about 80 years old. This woman was a great woman of God, gentle spirit, a wonderful spirit, and she preached that morning a blessing to this church over at Goldenrod, and a guy comes up to me afterward and pointing his finger, women should keep silent. Um, you know, unfortunately, that young man Thought he, start, he thought he knew more than me or her for sure because she was a woman. He came into my office and told me um, that he wasn't going to listen to me. God had enlightened him and he had got together with one of the young girls in our church that was a sweetheart, just a young girl that grew up in the had been there a few years and was serving God. He got with her, messed her mind up, got her thinking that this guy she was now hanging out with was all that and then some, but he wasn't gonna listen to me, and I tried my best, and I thought when he walked out of the office, because he was very smart, when he walked out of the office, I thought, dear God, have mercy. There goes the potential Jim Jones that led hundreds and hundreds of people to move to South America and ended up taking their lives willingly or unknowingly by drinking poison lemonade and dying. One of the ones that was there 
Assembly of God missionary, girl, daughter. And um, when he walked out of the office, I thought, what a wrong spirit. What a wrong spirit. Unfortunately, he ended up marrying that girl, two kids, ended up doing some things that were wrong, going to jail. I'm not happy about that. I'm sad about it. But when you get a wrong spirit, whether you're a man or a woman, you are not moving in the direction of the Spirit of God. So, ladies, get busy. Stay busy. Preach the Word in season and out, uh, and uh, let God use you. And uh, your preaching may be a, a two boys. Your preaching may be a classroom. Your preaching may be in this pulpit. Preach. Share the Word. Tell people about Christ. Be used greatly. And we celebrate every one of you women here. We celebrate you. And think about it. We go back to those women that were serving Christ. One, a former demon-possessed person. Maybe one of them was the woman caught in the very act of adultery. Now she's following and ministering to Christ. One of them healed of an infirmity. One of them married to a guy with money, blessing the ministry. Mary Magdalene, the one that's thought was, that broke the alabaster jar, perfume, uh, apparently upwards to a year's salary of a person of that day. Uh, this girl had money and uh, a horrible past, but an incredible present doing the work of God. Let me just tell you, whoever you are, no matter your past, God can turn it all around and use you mightily in the kingdom of God. Bow your heads with us, please. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for these incredible women we read about tonight. Thank you, Lord, for helping us to be biblically based and celebrate women in ministry. So many more throughout the Bible, Lord, we could have talked about. But the Bible simply says, and many women, and many other women. God, thank you for those many other women from the very beginning. And thank you, Lord, today that this church is filled with faith-filled, spirit-led women. Thank you. And God, this demonstrates to every one of us on the front lines with your confidence and trust, a woman that had been demon-possessed. God, I give you praise for that. You turn lives around. So let me just ask, if you're here in this building and you don't know Christ as Lord and Savior, maybe you've slipped into this Wednesday night service or maybe you're online and you're watching and you don't know Christ, let me tell you, no matter what your past, doesn't this make it so clear? A demon-possessed girl now greatly used of God? Uh, girls, women that had all kinds of issues in the past? Well, of course, just like men that walked with him had issues of the past. Of course, of all kinds of description of sin. But Christ changes a life forever. And so if you're here tonight or online or even out in the atrium and you need Christ, you need forgiveness, I want to pray for you. Lift your hand high. Do it now. Why don't you just lift it up? Let me see it. I'm going to pray for you. Anybody in this building, just lift your hand. 
Lift it up quickly right now over across the building in the risers. If you're here, you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're a woman that uh, has sat here tonight and hopefully faith has touched your heart. And you can see that even though uh, before you were like, I, I don't know if I could do anything to help God, to serve God. But all of a sudden, there's that spark of faith in your life. And you need God to just change your life tonight and fill you with his spirit. Anybody in this building, quickly, lift your hand high. God bless you. Anyone else, quickly, lift your hand high. Stand with us. God bless you. Stand with us all over the building. And uh, we're going to open these altars like we always do. And we're going to ask you, as Pastor John leads us, we're going to ask you, if you need prayer, maybe you've got a physical affirmity. Christ was healing physical affirmities from the very beginning, and he's still a healer. Amen? He is still Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And so, if you need healing in your body, I want to challenge you to come. If you raise your hand, you need Christ. I want to challenge you to come. If you're a woman here and you've put yourself down and the Holy Spirit is saying to you, don't ever put yourself down again. You're a woman of God and I'm going to use you. So don't put yourself down ever, ever, ever again. Pastor John, lead us. We're going to open these altars. If you need Christ, you need forgiveness especially, you step out and come. God. Those of you that are new members, staircase, if you would go there for a picture. Pastor Wayne's here to serve you communion. Uh, if you haven't spent time in prayer today, why don't you just spend a few next minutes after Pastor John prays and uh, spend that time before you leave this auditorium and go pick up the kids or go home. Pastor John, lead us in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you so much for your presence here tonight. Thank you, God, for speaking to hearts and for drawing, Lord God, people closer to you, even in this moment, God, those that have come to these altars, those that are reaching out to you, Lord, over our broadcast tonight. God, we thank you because we know that they're drawn by your spirit, by your presence. And I pray in Jesus' name that you wouldn't let not one of them leave the same from this moment but that god you would cause your spirit to turn things around in their lives god if it be answers they're looking for lord god that you would answer if it be healing lord god if it be uh, uh salvation lord god deliverance whatever the need is god we know that by your spirit you're meeting those needs now and we thank you for it in jesus name and i pray in jesus name that as we all leave this time together that god we wouldn't leave your presence but that always you would continue to minister to us, guide us, keep us, Lord God, and surround us with your love. 
that we might show your glory here in the earth. We love you, we honor you, and we bless you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church. Love you so much. Again, Pastor Wayne is here to serve communion to anyone who would like to uh, take communion today. Our altars will remain open. And if you're joining us online today and you have a prayer request, you can call the number that's on the screen and your prayer request will be prayed for. We love you so much. God bless you and see you again very soon.